Hey everyone, welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. For I will watch it. I am Colin Parker, the Watcher, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, the listener. Huh? What? Sorry, what? Oh, you did? Okay, sorry. Never mind. Um, one of your other hosts, and on this show, on this podcast, on this lifetime commitment, we're going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, scene by scene, in historical order, on all the timelines, until the end of all the timelines. It's interesting that you say that. Also, your listener joke was cultural appropriation. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, uh, so, uh, the thing is... <laughs> Inside, James is like... Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Rewind. Rewind. Look at the tape. <laughs> Take out the joke then, Colin. What are you doing? No. It was just a, the Watcher cultural appropriation. Anyway, mm. um, he's like, is my life a joke to you? Um, no. So James is absolutely correct. Watcheral appropriation. This is... Mm, okay, I don't know how to say this. Because in a way, it's not our first separate timeline. Because currently, at the day of recording this... 92821. Uh we're already talking about another alternate timeline. But right. this episode will air, and that's in quotes, before any of those. So this is our first new timeline. Right. And this is This is from what if. Yes, we and should so be very specific. In a way, this is the Agents of Shield timeline that we're talking about in the future in 1931 that we recorded in the past time is weird um <laughs> is more of a it's a longer plot thing where you look around and all of a sudden you realize you're in a different timeline correct as opposed to this where it's like i've handed you this different timeline envelope please open it and read it out loud i mean it is like bold lettering bold font being like congratulations you are a winner and it's like uh like a computer virus but like one that you want right i don't know how to say right. that but it's like I mean, yeah. when you watch the show, it is immediately like, ah, yes, these are the heroes that you know. Get ready for none of that shit to matter. It's like, because <laughs> it's all different here. Um, <laughs> it's really a shame they, they cast Samuel Jackson as uh, Nick Fury for so long ago, because as the Watcher, he could have been like, none of that happened, motherfucker. It's going to be entirely different. Hold on to your butts. And uh, listen, he just says all the all the quotes. I will pay five times the cost of a ticket like of a normal movie ticket if okay. you tell yep. me that they let samuel l jackson drop motherfucker into a episode episode uh, into a marvel cinematic universe property because he hasn't actually said it he starts to say it and right. then he gets mother yeah and then because yeah. it's like you know kind of a meme almost you know like hey he's yeah. known for this let's get him that line and then cut it off um they kind of do the same thing with Spider-Man. Never mind. You know, we're, we're talking about the future. We can't be yeah. talking about the future. James. Then there's the whole snakes on a plane thing. That, that's a weird turn for at. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was like, Nick Fury, why are you here? Call Tony Stark. Uh, anyway, so we are talking about something uh, that, uh, well, you know what? Actually, I'm not even going to try and butcher this explanation. James, can you give us a breakdown uh, as yeah. to why we are inserting this scene in this part of the timeline? Okay, okay. So I have actually called the timeline 
on our notes something that I don't think we should reveal what it is yet because it is a synopsis of the episode. But we're going to, I think until we get to the actual stuff in a couple of years, we're going to call it by its full uh, government uh, episode title. Sure. Which is, what if Thor were an only child? Correct. So there are, um, we we all remember from calculus our points of inflection, which it, no, um, but, but yes, points of inflection or watershed moments where like this is the point where the, you know, Robert Frost either becomes a poet or uh, warlord. And um, he took the road less traveled by, and thank goodness. Um, that has made all the difference. Uh, that is where we start on all of these what-if episodes. And so the fun challenge of putting these on the timeline is figuring out, and fortunately the Watcher, who we'll get to in our Avengers Ensemble, um, usually says something like, but that's not how it happened this right. time. So, um, yeah, that that's where I got this. Um, so this takes place. So you're going to be this. We've put this episode right after the 975 episodes with Thor, which we've already had to re-return to because I found a scene where Odin flashes back to taking right. loki which is hilarious because this what if, is the exact opposite it would be super if we had decided colin let's not put it in as an epilogue let's put it as in a whole episode as a separate thing and then we could have put this one right after it and we would have been it would have been not smoother because nothing right. in the timeline is smooth i think uh, shakespeare said that but um <laughs> it would have been it's i mean like Basically, all this comes down to is um, on that 975 episode, we talked about how Odin is telling a story that mostly takes place in 965. Right. But because he's telling the story right. in 975. Right. Yeah. Now, this is the Watcher telling a story that takes place in 965, but it would not make any sense at all to put this before the 975 episode. Correct. Because we decided not to have two separate episodes i still stand by that because odin yes. odin's voice is throughout the whole thing if we decided to have the battle be 965 and when it does that weird asgard mm -hmm. turning thing just very cool stopping it very super cool very cool flat earth um <laughs> if we i think about that all the time that that thing you posted early on if we'd pop those two episodes apart we could put this what if in there right. but that's why this is taking place after how we're going to do what ifs going forward is i'm going to get us as close to the scene where they say oh but now things are different as we can it'll usually be like here's the thing that that happened and then i get to the end of a good stopping point of the scene right. it's not going to be like here's how things nope hold on like not right. going to switch Correct. like that but, I, I think that's the way to go because essentially you're looking yeah. at two things essentially simultaneously but we can't talk about yeah. two things simultaneously so it's like right. you do a summary of that whole scene and that that section of time and then you go meanwhile while all that happened here in another universe yeah. it went down this way and then you break that that timeline down which i think is a very respectable way to do it and i think is the yeah. the best way because i feel like that's how like a book would do it like a book wouldn't yeah. like every other word switch back and forth between the two different regions you know what i mean um, I was just imagining a book that uh, Taking Back Sunday and brand new lyrics 
because they have different things happening at the same time with different singers. I'm sure other bands do this, but the lyrics page are two columns. Yes. I've seen that, yeah. I just imagined a book, like a Game of Thrones length mm. book, where it's like, this is happening at the same time, so I guess read this left column all the way to the end of the chapter and then start over or switch back and forth. I don't know but what you want to do. To Anyways, here's the format. You have like a thing where you have to have a fold out page because you have like four or five columns happening at the same time. Right. Like, oh my God, right. why is this happening? And then all our characters meet up again and all those columns converge into one back into page. a normal, like actual and you're like, text. God, this is so huge. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so if you wanted to, there's ways to listen to this one in a different order than yeah. the one that precedes. If you wanted listen, to. I'm not going to tell you how to listen to our podcast. Yeah. If you want to listen to the episodes out of our order, fine. Like, I can't yeah. stop you. I'm not your dad. But like, you know, I'm just saying. You, know, you can trust our process if you'd like to. We're recording this one after we recorded that one. So chronologically on the personal timeline. On the on the, the James and Colin record a podcast timeline, it this happened. Correct. After. So that that's that's my hey, you know what? That's my justification. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that's yeah. all you need. So uh yeah. now that we've gone through the explanation, let's talk yeah. about this scene. So this scene is from what if season one episode seven it starts at three minutes and 41 seconds and ends at three minutes and 57 seconds uh however to give just a little bit of context because we'll come back to it eventually but it's going to be so far down the road i'm going to give a little bit of the speech that leads into this scene because i feel like just starting in the middle of the paragraph doesn't fully make sense um there's this where we where if you go exactly by the time it's it's the watcher saying but in another right. universe, and I thought that was kind of neat. Yes. But I totally get wanting to start at the beginning of, of the sentence. Correct. Just because you're like, <laughs> in another universe, but what? What happened? You know, so like, yeah. that's why I am going to give you the, the yeah. first little bit. But yes, the, the sure. scene itself does start at, but in another universe. We're going to actually have a whole bunch of things coming up. be this, Where basically. we're going to have to have narration from one scene that we've, pulled over and not talked about here but talked about here because we'll probably of bring how twice, editing works yeah. um yeah and again also because so much time like actual time will pass between those episodes you probably wouldn't yeah. remember it anyway so uh so here we go so the watcher says more than just battles won or lost it's relationships that truly define a hero the people who shape them their stories thor and loki a brotherhood so strong and pivotal it would change the fate of a universe. Their childhood taught Thor many lessons. Okay, that's the preamble. But in another universe, instead of raising the Jotunheim prince, Loki, as his own son, Odin returned him to his people. Without his trickster brother to keep things, let's say, lively, Thor grew into a very different prince. Uh, And technically, the very last line of that is also a little bit into the future, but again... Not going to stop it in the middle of a yeah. sentence. Um, right. So that's that scene. So like this is where things get different. This We've already discussed the title, but it's like, you know, what if Thor was an only child? Um, which is also very funny considering Hela later. But, um, you know, right. uh, yes, this is if he was just raised, though, as an only child because he never met Hela before. Um, right, exactly. So th- we've obviously met Thor. We've obviously met Loki. We know these people, right? We know their situation. Right. However, 
although you can't see him in this scene, you hear his voice. I believe, uh-huh. you know, now is the time to reveal this character because we keep mentioning him. We should just, it's Hell time yeah. to just get into it. So first, let's get into an Avengers ensemble. Nice. Avengers Ensemble. This is one of my favorite things. Okay. Now, James, um, um, before yeah. I talk about the character, can you tell us a little bit about who plays the Watcher? I can. And let me just, I'm so, we're so into 1931 right now that it feels weird to be talking about a new episode of television. Right. So <laughs> I'm, we're going to do a little bit of, of a, you know, Avengers Ensemble Extended Edition. Ooh. Um, so this episode uh, aired on September 22nd, 2021, uh, which means that the title should and does have a spoiler alert until September 22nd, 2022. This episode was directed by Brian Andrews. That is Brian with a Y. Um, he has directed all seven episodes of What If that have aired, again, as of September 28th, 2022. I would imagine he's going to do the rest, but I've been wrong about tomorrow. that kind of thing before. Yeah. Right. Um, in, in 25, no. Um, okay. Uh, he also directed five episodes of Jackie Chan Adventures and three show. episodes of Men in Black, the series. <gasps> That's also a great show. Like, the, the, you're talking about the so, animated one, right? Yeah. yeah those were yeah, both yeah. great. Loved those. So that could have been the end of, of 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 my talking about him but in this alternate universe <laughs> <laughs> he was a storyboard artist and this feels incredibly relevant Ooh, so yeah. as usual this is going backwards in time because of how imdb works he was the storyboard artist for endgame captain marvel infinity war guardians of the galaxy 2 doctor strange ant-man age of ultron guardians of the galaxy thor 2 iron man 3 avengers iron man 2 Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Powerpuff Girls. That's so, incredible, but it also makes so yeah. much sense. Yep. Because yep. he clearly now has so much knowledge on those other movies and those properties that, like, him directing yeah. it would make a lot of sense. Yes. <laughs> I just pictured, I just pictured storyboard artist Brian Andrews in meetings for all these movies, just drawing, uh, just you know, freehand drawing. He's like, hey guys, hey guys. What if Thor was an only child? They're like, do you, did you know that What If was an actual series? He's like, wait, what? And he's just been being a goof, and this—that's how the series got made. I was gonna say, that's I fun... also, I would also like the idea of him going, hey, what if, and like nudging people, like, stop, they're not gonna make that. And then one day, <laughs> Kevin is like, so listen, folks, uh, we've got this great idea. It's called What If, and he's like, dibs. Oh my god, holy shit. Oh my god, this is my moment. This is. He's like, we haven't even. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. And everyone's like, you've got to put him on. He won't shut up. Yeah, about you it. got. You got. He, he's incessant about it. Like it's, it never ends. Please, you've got to put him on. I, a third, a third option where uh, Brian Brian Andrews saves Kevin's life and give and Kevin gives him one wish. <laughs> he he stops one person from giving a spoiler in a in a like interview and he goes, "You've done me a great service. You've come to <laughs> I'll me. I'll give you one wish. <laughs> you've come to me on the day of my daughter's movie premiere. Oh wow! I didn't know that Angela Feed was going to be in uh... <laughs> any movie." Any movie. Uh, I can't. Come on. Any movie uh, that's come out. J- Jaws, Captain America versus... Captain America versus Jaws is a movie I would watch, though. 
Yeah, for sure. Because he's <laughs> right. a man in water and he's like struggling, but he's got that damn shield. It would keep trying to bite him and he would they just, would... you know, ka I mean, the, the Academy Award would go to the Foley artist, right? Because if you perfect shield on teeth, that's half the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. So this episode was written by AC Bradley, who is also the head writer for this episode. Um, she's not the head writer for all the episodes. She's listed as the head writer for this one. What if zombies, what if Captain Carter were the first mightiest hero and the untitled uh, season one, episode nine. So she's the head writer for those. And she is listed as the writer for this. And what if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Uh, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? And what if Captain Carter was the first Avenger? So I'm not sure. This is where like, James's head starts spinning because it's like, oh, I'm a head writer. Oh, for the whole show? No, 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 no. How dare you? Just for these. Like, I don't know if it's like a team captain thing. I'm not sure. But uh, this appears to be sort of her big breakthrough um, is is writing for this show. She, ha she had some other stuff. Uh, I didn't recognize any of it. It didn't look super like comic booky, sci-fi nerdy sort of adjacent. Um, but I mean... I think she's killing this. So I agree. I, I I expect great things from her in the future. Um, it sounds like I'm just recruiting a new Jedi. Um, <laughs> so then the Watcher. Now now let's get to the question you actually asked. Uh, so the Watcher is voiced by Jeffrey Wright, who I'm going to say you know. Oh yes, Not, Colin. I know right. you know, but like listener, I think you I think you know Jeffrey Wright. Um. He was Bernard or Bernard, I don't know. Probably I believe Bernard. Bernard. In twenty nine episodes of Westworld, for which he was nominated for an Emmy, and I don't think he won, but I think Great he was nominated. Show. He was um, the voice of Batman in Batman: The Audio Adventures. He will be portraying James Gordon in twenty twenty two's The Batman. Uh, he was Destiny in the Sandman TV series. Shout out to James Wilcox. Uh, he was the voice of Isaac in The Last of Us Part Two. Shout out to Aaron, Kyle, and Tracy. Um, you can watch episodes of Aaron, Kyle, and Tracy playing The Last of Us Part Two on our Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Network. He was also in one episode of Rick and Morty, three episodes of BoJack Horseman, one episode of Venture Brothers. And he was, this is where I know him from, he was in The Hunger Games uh, 2, 3 Part 1, and 3 Part 2. Like, Catching Fire and Mockingjay Part 1 and Mockingjay Part 2. Um, he also played Muddy Waters in Cadillac Records, um, which I mention only because Muddy Waters is among the people that, if you're listening to the show, in 1931 I do a segment where Muddy Waters is sort of adjacent to some of the aspects of that, of that sure. segment. And then he also played Felix Leiter, in the uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movies, and I didn't realize this, but he played uh, this character in three mm -hmm. movies, which is the most any actor has portrayed Felix Leiter. Interesting, I didn't know that. Uh, he and the, he and no one has portrayed him two movies in a row except for Jeffrey Wright. Interesting, because this one guy portrayed him like in you know let's say you know two and then four or five. Okay, okay, I got but, you. So he did it for three of the movies and um, Felix Leiter for people that don't know is historically and I guess also currently the 
sort of American counterpart to James Bond. Here's the here's the here's how you use a here's how you write a Felix Leiter scene. James Bond is being followed. He's in the midst of danger. Oh man, he's being trapped. He's being cornered. Oh, it's Felix Leiter, American and friend. So uh, that's all of the Felix Leiter scenes I can think of are, are that, that yeah. scene. <laughs> so that is Jeffrey Wright, the amazing voice of The Watcher. Let's talk about The Watcher. So he keeps saying, I am The Watcher, right? In every episode and everything like that. Now, to be very clear, there is more than one The Watcher. And in fact, in a way, like to you, the listener, and in historical uh. order, this is the first time seeing The Watcher. However, right. in movies, we have actually seen many Watchers in a uh, credit scene with Stan Lee, where three Watchers are right. uh, debriefing with a human informant on a remote asteroid. Yeah. Uh, and that that scene was in the first iteration where all the you know where this this idea generated from mm-hmm. Twitter. That scene someone commented and said shouldn't that scene be at the very end and he's like you know what yes and moved it but i didn't see that until i'd already passed it so i was like wait that didn't oh there it is okay yeah yeah. i mean well it's weird because i'm not 100 sure it's at the very very end either because yeah it's very ambiguous but like i imagine that it's probably wherever it shows up in that part of the timeline it's probably up to that point is where he's gotten to um because he does show up in more places um, but it's very good because I was just like, gentlemen, oh, how am I going to get home? Uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> Great stuff. It's a, it's one of my favorite ones that he did. So the Watchers, though, are a, uh, a well, I mean, like their name is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. They're, the, right. they're known to be the oldest species in the universe and are committed to observing and compiling knowledge on all aspects of the universe without any interference. The original name for this race has since been forgotten, uh, but they have adopted the name after the task in which they perform. This policy of non-interference was due to a well-meaning attempt by the Watchers to bestow knowledge on another race, which resulted in that race destroying itself. And of course, again, this is all comic stuff, but um, despite this, the Watcher, Uatu, revealed Mm -hmm. himself to the superhero team, the Fantastic Four, and aided them on several occasions against global threats, such as the Molecule Man, Galactus, and the Overmind. Um, So this is something that we see quite a few times throughout the history of, well, the Watchers and also of the uh, comic book universe. He's always like, I must not interfere. I must not interfere. I (laughs) must interfere. Okay, chit. Shit. And like then he like jumps and he's like, hey, okay, say hey, hey, hey. Uh everyone, here's the thing. Yeah. Um I love the he, he often does like a uh technically I'm right. not. Um if I can make a quick rec uh, comic book recommendation, this'll come I'm not sure when this will come out. It's gonna be a break room uh panel. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the name of that seg of that segment yeah, on Instagram, to but talk about that. it's gonna be a, a a whatever we call it, break room for now. Um but the whole issue of Avengers number 101, mm-hmm. if you're interested in The Watcher or um, time travel timeline stuff, um, the, the, it's a, it's a, and it, um, someone, uh, Harlan Ellison, I think is the name of a sci-fi writer. That issue, the story is based on a, a story by him. Mm-hmm. So like, it's very cool and very timeliney, and I'm excited to post it in on Instagram. Post the panel because he's basically like 
unimaginative people call it a refer to it as like a stream. I was like, oh damn, Deke Shade from The Watcher. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Anyways, so uh, that's why yeah, I like the Avengers Watcher 101. So much. Um, yeah, exactly. Avengers 101, good uh, quality recommendation. Another kind of quality recommendation, and it's funny that you mentioned that because this is something that I was going to use for a break room, which eventually we'll come up with a name for that, um, yeah. is Fantastic Four number 13, mm -hmm. which uh, I almost said aired. Sorry, it printed uh, in April yep. of 1963 because that was the first appearance of The Watcher, uh, and nice. in particular, uh, Uatu. Now, with that yeah. being said, they've never canonically said that Uatu is the watcher that we are seeing in the MCU here with Is that really true? They've never said his name. He just says huh. I am the watcher because I believe they all technically call themselves the watcher um again kind of also like their race but like when they all gather together they all need to have names that they can you know speak to each other with. Yeah. Um and I imagine that I mean I th you know what I'm going to leave my prediction for where what if is going because we've already put spoilers okay. on this tag anyway. Um, yeah. But I'm going to leave it in because specifically because I believe that the only way that they are going to come together for this what-if situation is he's going to interfere and pull these yeah. people from different time streams. Because, now yeah. again, this is getting maybe a little out of pocket, I don't know, but one of the interesting things about what-if is the Watcher, especially when you're watching the, the credits in the beginning and everything, he is ages away, right? And he is so far right. away. He's like in to the point where he is another set of cosmos against another like universe, right? Right. However, as you watch the series, he gets progressively closer and closer and closer, and also yes. more and more worried. And uh, I think that that is part of where this comes from, right? He's like as much as he's like, I will not interfere. He does end up growing attached to Earth and the people there and the people that he likes and he doesn't want them to meet their destruction and so he eventually does interfere because he's like i can't i can't let this happen um so yeah so let's talk a little bit about uatu um uatu hang on i've got his page here um so i'm gonna talk a little bit about some of the early life stuff because it also breaks a little bit more of the watchers down um which i think is cool yeah. Billions of years ago, the technologically advanced extraterrestrial race known as the Watchers decided it was their duty to help the universe's less advanced races. In their first such experiment, proposed by Ikor, Icor perhaps, um, a delegation of four brought atomic energy knowledge to the planet uh, Prasilicus. The Prasilicans accepted the gift but used it to develop nuclear weapons and engaged in an autogenocidal war. Ashamed of their actions, the Watchers vowed never again to interfere with the affairs of other races. Watu tried to convince Ikor, his father, that his deeds were noble despite the outcome, but the words fell on deaf ears. Um, so Watu basically then continues to, I'm now going to paraphrase the next bit, Watu essentially is basically constantly butting heads essentially uh, with his father and also against the rules that are set forth. Uh, and in the comics uh, here, he has gotten into trouble many times uh, for his yeah. for, for how often they're like, well, okay, maybe it was just once. Then they look back and they essentially look at the timeline stream and they go, you've interfered a lot. And he's like, have I? And he's like kind of cautiously like, you know, pulling out his collar <laughs> like, I don't think it's been that much. And they're like, just 
if you can imagine me pointing to one thing and then you know pointing across the room to another thing and then you know very yeah. wild gestures <laughs> and like just different points in the timeline they're like really you're not <coughs> not interfering you call this not interfering okay what about this one this one is also still not <laughs> interfering i see i see um so uh in the 20th century though like getting close to our time here in the 1950s, his citadel was compromised by scientists Howard Stark and Nathaniel Richards. Huh? What? Nathaniel Richards? What? He was featured on uh, on an episode of Capes and Japes uh, this week. That's the real name of K. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's one of the... Cut this if you want. Well, I, think I didn't realize he had such an American Technically, this is the grand... This is the grand... This is the guy that he's named after. So oh. this... Because, like, it's a family name. But like oh. my grandfather was Nathaniel Richards the first. Pretty much, I mean, like it's like his great 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 grandfather, or something crazy like that. Anyway, Nathaniel Richards, oh, a name that you've kind of heard, but you'll probably hear again someday. Uh, however, they uh, re- the release was negotiated by the costumed hero known as the Destroyer uh, and his V Battalion. Well, that we don't have to get into. What a badass name! I know. Also, does not quite sound like a hero name. That does sound a little bit like a. Um, like an anti-hero kind of name. He very sure. much looks like if the Punisher was a vampire is kind of what he looks like. It's interesting. I like it. Um, I'm into so, it. You know, basically like essentially he ends up coming into like literal contact with humans. And then this sort of situation continues on. Um, this continues for a long time until Watu then revealed to Strange, Dr. Stephen Strange, who meets him uh, essentially in the cosmos. Uh, he says, these are the three people I think will someday usher in a new age of heroes. Reed Richards, Bruce Banner, and Henry Pym. Um, so to be very nah. clear, this is also written ages ago, right? So like this is back before Tony Stark was actually considered like a big deal. Like Tony Stark, hmm. interestingly enough, in comics was not really huge. Like Iron Man was yeah. not as big. Like Iron Man's real strengths in comics tended to be in the Avengers. And like the Avengers right. was not even like as popular as like the Justice League is, you know, for DC. So it's just a very interesting right. thing where like Hank Pym, for example, has usually always been in kind of like his spot, um, which is a very interesting thing about how the comics and MCU break down and reveal themselves. Okay, let's just get to the the final thing I wanted to bring up about Uatu, um, because I think this is kind of cool. So this is him revealing himself to the Fantastic Four. Many years later, a new group of heroes known as the Fantastic Four were born when cosmic rays mutated them into superhumans. Incidentally, their leader was Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. One of their early adventures took them exploring to the blue area of the moon. Upon arrival on the moon, they were attacked by a similar cosmic ray enhanced Russian scientist called the Red Ghost and his super apes. His three apes. A battle broke out between both sides, prompting the Watcher to reveal himself to the Red Ghost and to the Fantastic Four's thing. Watu uh, revealed his life's mission. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I know that. I had to try to move on very quickly from that. It sounds bad. Watu revealed his life's mission and allowed the two factions to continue their battle on the moon's surface. I love that. He's like, hey, hey, stop real quick. Here's my thing. Okay, continue. When the Fantastic Four were the victors, the Watcher revealed himself once more and encouraged them to keep seeking out the stars before deciding to leave to avoid being interrupted once again. The Fantastic Four returned to Earth while the Red Ghost and the Super Apes were left stranded on the moon. Um, But don't worry. 
They'll be yes. Back. And he, uh, because of this, like he now has like a connection with them. So he would later on come back to warn the Fantastic Four of the danger of a man called the Molecule Man. Yeah, I yep. mean, that's a that's a good story there. Anyway, yep. uh, and a man who yep. would uh, control inorganic molecules. When the Watcher was satisfied yep. that the Fantastic Four had defeated their foe, he then stepped in, captured Molecule Man, telling them that the foe would not return to their world again before undoing the damage done by the Molecule Man and returning to his silent observation of the world. So, you know, doing the thing that he basically was like, I won't do this. Um, the, the watcher is like my my kids when I'm like guys um I need to focus on work can you just hang out upstairs I'm like yeah no problem hey dad I'm like uh-huh and like they just keep on doing it he's like yeah yeah, yeah. no don't interfere oh hang on there's a fight hey guys hey guys you fighting cool yeah and just like backs away like I'm I'm not an, hey guys I just want to let you know I'm not gonna interfere anyways go ahead like right like inter interrupting to say hey, hey i can't do anything about this and everyone's like okay great right. like, all right cool because i was over on the bench yeah. um so anyway right. so that's um that's that's really a lot too he's had a really long history he's shown up in so many different comic book series uh yeah whether it's literally just watching and he's just and which i think is a very cool thing when they just like show him being like hmm right and he's just like in a panel and you're like all right uh, but like sometimes he's just there and he's like, okay, yeah, I probably should do something about this. Like the secret, uh, secret invasion, civil war, Avengers versus X-Men, original sin. He's shown up. Uh, he was also killed at one point and then brought back like almost immediately, which is a very interesting aspect of his life. <laughs> House of M. He was like, what the fuck? Now, no, I don't even know. I don't even know. I do want to <laughs> do one thing that we haven't done in a very long time. Uh, and I might have to, okay. I might edit some of this out or whatever, but I just want to break down real quick his powers and abilities and his power grid, yeah. which we don't do a lot okay. with heroes, yeah. but this one's, I've never seen this in my life. Power okay. grid, intelligence, seven out of seven. Strength, seven out of seven. Speed, seven out of seven. Durability, seven out of seven. Energy projection, seven out of seven. What the hell? Like how, I but then also... Wait, get ready for this. Here's a skill that I've never seen them put on anyone else's uh, power grid before. Fighting skills, one. <laughs> one, right. I don't have skills per se, but I do I am indes have everything. mostly indestructible. Um, he has- I think that Galactus had all seven. That's, I'm yes, trying to find my cards. Um, and then he's got some pretty interesting powers though. He has telepathy. He has invisibility. Uh, he has illusion generation. He has energy manipulation. He has teleportation, time travel, force field generation, containment, like contain, like containing, you know, like he right. puts Molecule Man in like a little containment bubble and takes him away. Flight, he can just fly. Um, but it's not even like he just flies. He just sort of like his body just suddenly takes off and he's just, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like a mouse is moving yes, the exactly. icon of them. It's like he's a PNG <laughs> on your world and someone's just clicking right. and dragging him and he's like, he goes, farewells, He's just gone. Um, <laughs> cosmic conscience. He has a very sharp cosmic sense. Immortality, which is interesting because technically he's died and then came back. Um, and then size alteration. He can assume a normal human proportion if he needs to. You know, a lot of these powers, it's, it seems to me, are why they don't exactly uh, promote a lifestyle of not interfering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, again, <laughs> I can contain things, but why would you? Because you're just going to be like, watching. If yeah, he I know, had but... fighting skills, maybe he would. You know? Can you imagine the comic book where someone where teaches him to fight? Just punches someone. Like the ancient ones, just like all right, that that's enough. And then you get like a training montage of Uatu and the ancient one. Just he's like trying to have training. just a conversation like with Reed Richards and Galactus is like, I am here for that. He's like, and he keeps trying to just like do that thing where you're like, you like lean over your shoulder and give them like the your index yeah. finger, like just finger, yeah, just like, like a one, one step, right? Yeah. And Galactus keeps talking and he's like, you are being so rude and just like punches I mean just knocks him into another galaxy and he's like anyway I am the puncher he turns back around and goes where were we Reed and he's like I, I'm and so Reed's sorry. like you <laughs> just destroyed seven planets like and he goes and he's like mm, more in the next galaxy over you just can't see that far anyway as I was saying and he's like what the hell Watu you can't just do that and he's like man it's fine there was no one inhabiting him I made sure we're good and he's like oh my gosh I like to think that they're discussing like TV they're like I just don't like, what was the ending of Lost? What was that? And Reed Richards is like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just like just like the most mundane stuff. Right. Because well, you know, it's funny because he's, watch watches say, everything. he watches everything. So, you yeah. know, he's like, yeah. he's like, ah, yes, I must interfere because they're putting out another season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And I just can't handle it anymore. And he finally steps in. He's like, please stop making Love Island. It's killing me. Slowly, slowly but surely. I'm supposed to be immortal. This will be what kills me. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that was everything. Watu is such a good and fascinating character, and so are the yep. Watchers. And like, I hope that because we're going to see like Celestials and the Eternals and all those folks, I'm really hoping that we see more of the Watchers and seeing their yeah. involvement with those folks and stuff like that because yeah. they're all kind of like on, well, the Eternals aren't on the same level, but. Uh, the Celestials and the Watchers are all kind of like same galactic force kind of thing, like same galactic like level right. of like uh, power right. and like respectability and stuff like that. So really yeah. looking forward to that. Same galactic rank. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, um, can can I point out uh, my favorite? So this scene that we're talking about is basically a, like a series of five. It's sort of like a slideshow, yes. which is sort of a charming thing. The My favorite slide is the picture where Odin has given baby Loki back to um, Laufey. Um, and and Laufey looks like this proud papa. Which is... Is that Laufey? I don't hear the thing. I This is where I... Okay, I actually... I guess I have more to say about this episode than I thought. Um, so <laughs> I kind of forgotten about this. There is a... There's a publication. And I'm not going to name them because I don't want to give them any foot traffic. But they've been posting a bunch of articles recently that are just so frustrating because like they're doing this thing yeah. where they'll say like, well, Marvel's clearly forgotten this part of someone's origin story or this part of their powers. And then they write this article and I'm like, did you read what you just wrote? Because it's like very clear like that. Again, it's also a what if situation where things are different. You know what I mean? Right. But like also I'm pretty sure that Laffy is still dead because they beat the frost giants. I don't think it's like that they just like randomly decide to come to peace. What they do say is that he returns him to his people. Oh, to his people? Okay. Um okay, so I see what you're saying. I, I'm going to double check. Um cuz the rebuttal yes, to Odin returned like, him oh, to his people. So I'm assuming it, it's like, it. "Hey, we killed Laufey cuz Laufey was like a asshole. Like straight up Laufey right. sucked." And like in the comics where 
uh, you know, Loki goes back in time to make sure Odin does adopt him and stuff like that. Right. It's because he witnesses what it's like to be raised by Laufey. And he's like, this sucks. I've got to get out of here. So he's like, yeah. we've got to change this. So that's exactly what happens there. Like Laufey is not someone because truth be told, he's a runt. Actually, that's one of the reasons why he looks yeah. very different and everything like that. He's uh, they didn't really do it in the what if, but like he really should have been shorter from the other frost giants. Um, and he might still have been he, yeah. a little bit. I couldn't quite tell, but like yeah. he know. was considered the smallest of his brood. Uh, and so like he yeah. was the, really the reason why they found him miserable and just like in the snow and shit is because Laufey didn't really care about him anyway. You know, Laufey was sort of I, like abandoning him in a way. So that's why they. I'd like to establish yeah. something. Um, the the uh, frost giant that adopted Loki that when he was returned to is Laufey's brother, Ralphie. And. Uh, <sighs> So his uncle, his uncle Ralphie, uh, raised him, and and what all the ways that Laufey sucked, Ralphie was like the man, the 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 giant, like he uh, played ice ball with them, uh, they did crafts together, all that sort of stuff. Really, really positive uh, role model. It's like modern family, but the three families are Loki's family, uh, Thor's family, and like uh, Black Panther's family, and they just like all the stories sort of interact mm-hmm. with each other and stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, and this sort of ties in that that publication that's like, oh, don't you know the origin story? It's a what if, like you said, and therefore the answer is, oh, well, in this timeline it it is that, or right. it isn't that, or like in this timeline he does have a brother, Ralphie. <laughs> Right, exactly, and, and that's the it. thing because like, like that's where that's where it happened. Like, they were like, "Wow, they really clearly forgot this," and like people kept being like, "I don't think that that's Laufey though," because they said return him to his people, not to his parents, right? But like right. they kept saying this thing of like, "Wow, he returns the child to Laufey, and like and like Loki grows up to be fine, but like you know Loki was like abandoned to begin with, so like why would they return him to him, and like why would he be so ecstatic to have him and raise him?" And everyone's like, "You're missing." so much of the point of any of it because that's the other thing is like the whole point of what if is also to like be fun you know right and like this publication keeps being like hi i'm making this not fun because like i want to point out why it's wrong to do this and it's like it's not wrong to do it it's like they can do whatever they want it's their thing but also like the whole point of what if is that things are different than what you know so it's like it doesn't matter what you know from this universe like let this other thing just exist it's so yeah weird. exactly and also so what they're saying is that if someone finds an abandoned kid they shouldn't try returning it to your logic sort of falls apart there he, he was abandoned so i guess lost cause i well like, no sorry they're what ridiculous their main thing was like that by returning him like he shouldn't have ended up having like uh, a, a really good life like he like because if he went back Why? to Laufey, he would have suffered and he wouldn't have ended up being Thor's friend. And everyone's like, dog, like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's astounding. But in this timeline, yeah, did. you know, in this timeline, solved it. In this timeline, Laufey and Odin, like, watch, like, Asgardian games on Thursday night and drink oh, themselves sure. silly. Like, that, like, you know, like, that's my head canon. So you can shut yeah, up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, in this timeline, you shut up. Yeah, in this timeline, your publication doesn't exist, and that's my happy place. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Ugh, the Wall Street Journal. Oh, sorry, I said it out loud. Um, the funny thing is, like, I've thought about this though too, where I'm like, I also can't talk about it because what if someday I want to pitch to them to be like, hey, can you publish about our show? And then have them go and yeah. listen to an episode and go, you trash talked us. I'm like, you sure did. Maybe have different writers. I don't know, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't suck. What if? Your writers suck. What if? You How had about different I change yeah. that? <laughs> what if we change your timeline right now? Jeffrey, right now. <laughs> I really can't wait to get into more what if stuff in the future, though, because it's it's so different. And it's fun because of how different it is. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm I love even just the idea of yeah, but I mean, you know, here's a whole different world. I like I'm so excited. Uh we have one coming up in in the forties that I am I can't be more jazzed about talking mm. uh about. Um so, but let why don't I take us to some social media? Yes, please. Okay. So on Twitter, we have several things that you can put that uh, shift to and then type, and then you can get to all sorts of new and interesting places. For example, our podcast, Timeline Scavengers, you can find on Twitter at Timeline Scav. If you want to go bigger than that, you can go to our Scavengers Network Twitter page, which is at Scavengers Net. Let's say that's too much. You need to shrink it down. You want to go to my page at Unabashed James. You want to go a little bit bigger? Colin, where can they go? Where can, where they, can they find, find me at Colin M. Parker. Excellent. And let's say you're feeling like I don't want anyone who uh, is going to want to talk to me about stuff. I want a musician. I need to I need to follow oh, a musician. I'm going to go. You know, James, have you heard of a guy named Nick Bramald? Wait, he exists in this time. Oh, my gosh. Wait, were you thinking of him, too? Whoa, I w- that's crazy. That that's is cool. wild. Uh, you can find Nick Bermond, illustrious composer to such great intros and outros as our show, and presumably lots of other more illustrious and great <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at N Bermald, that is B-R-A-M-A-L-D, or nickbermaldcomposer.co.uk. I would like to recommend a show to you that is on the scavengers network it's called the amateur detective club what i like about this show they have since i've been sort of following them since i joined the network and and have sort of been seeing where they go they've been in a sort of poirot mainstream sort of maybe agatha christie sort of venn diagram thing but what i really really love to see is when they do episodes where it's like just you know not an actual episode but like one time on ducktales there was a great mystery and so that's what this episode's about i'm like that's so cool like i think they did save they by did the save by the bell they did um uh boy meets world what's the cart okay um, anything that has like a whether it's a murder mystery or a like kind of like parody of a murder mystery where like yeah. someone isn't dead, but like maybe someone's been knocked out or like a, a big thing's been stolen. So like no one can leave until we right. find who found this right. thing. Like, yeah, a, like a who done What's it. that called? A locked door mystery, I think it's called. Yeah. Anyways, so they are, they have this wide range of basically anything that you can be like, ah, this mystery. And they, they, you know, they'll, they'll be into it. Or if they aren't, 
you can hit them up at ABC Family. No, no, no. You can hit them up at ADC Pod. That is the Amateur Detective Club. They uh, look at mysteries, and the real mystery is what are they going to talk about next? Ooh, that was good. I like that. Thanks. Thanks. Um, But that is going to do it for this episode. I love, Colin, I think my favorite concept of our show concept is that is this one where, oops, something happens that we've already covered in the timeline. Guess we'll just kind of lift up the mattress and slide the cash underneath. Just sort of like slide, slip it in there. It's like when um, you're writing in pen and you forget a letter, so you try to kind of like squeak it in. Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah, what these are These are carrot episodes, hmm. like the little, yep. and just like. <laughs> Insert this bit. Um, exactly. Uh, so I love them. And I hope that uh, if this is your first time through, that you are enjoying the uh, wild oscillation of energy between the 975 episode, the 975 epilogue, and the 975 what if episode. Um, and I hope you'll enjoy uh, a whole bunch more if you are currently with us in 1931 and headed back to see what we're doing over here in 975. Welcome. And, you know, we love that you were willing to travel back in time with us. And we'll see you uh, again tomorrow, basically. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for us for this episode of Timeline Scavengers. I, in almost all realities and timelines, am James Anderson. And in all timelines, except for one, but I won't tell you which one, I am Colin Parker. And I am the Watcher. In this universe and all universes, Excelsior. Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.